What's going on, everybody? It's Kyle Bennett from Underground Sports Philadelphia. Outside the Box has become such a huge success, we're giving it its own podcast feed. You guys have come out in droves and made this thing such a huge project for us. It's unbelievable. So, Outside the Box is moving to its own individual podcast feed starting in October. So make sure you follow us on Twitter at OTBLaxPod to know when that pod feed goes live so you can subscribe there. You don't miss a single beat of what Herm and I are bringing. You don't miss any guests. And uh, you can always drop those five-star ratings and reviews to uh, pump the pod feed up and uh, make it an even bigger success as we head into year two of lacrosse coverage right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. So yes, the month of October, outside the box, its own podcast feed. Get hype. We'll see you guys soon. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Yostrowski, and I'm joined, as always, by Mr. Kyle Bennett. How you doing, buddy? Uh, I've been better. I mean, my Eagles beat the Packers, so uh, take that, Aaron Rodgers. But uh, my fantasy team in the last two weeks has, uh, as as the great Pat McAfee would say, stinks. And uh, I'm sitting at 2-2, two and two, and I feel like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> well, if it makes you feel better... I'm having a good day, especially after I am now 4-0 in my two main leagues for fantasy football, and I was so incredibly pumped to see Carolina beat the Houston Texans this weekend. I didn't think that was going to happen in a million years, uh, but Christian McCaffrey is a complete and utter beast, and I owe him uh, probably my firstborn son at this point. Hey, I'm 4-0. <laughs> Must be nice. <laughs> oh, trust me. It is beautiful. Um but yeah, so we got a uh, we got a cool show for you guys today. You know, we're gonna go through our usual top performers, bust of the week. Uh, tell you if we're gonna panic on some of our guys. Which there's actually a few big names today that I think warrant uh, at least a semi panic button. So definitely excited to get to that part. Then obviously we'll get a little bit into the waiver pickups, and then we will ultimately get into who you should be starting and who you should be sitting uh, from each matchup for week five. So let's dive right into the top performers and. Uh, I think just like we all could have guessed, Jameis Winston was the number one scoring quarterback against the L.A. Rams defense. I mean, who couldn't have seen that coming? Stud. Dude, he looked so good, man. Like, he he didn't have a single interception until, you, like, late in the fourth until quarter. Until it didn't matter. Exactly. Um, he actually looked like a really competent quarterback. He had, like, he had, like, four touchdowns and then tons of yards by the time he even threw the interception. So, um you know, whether or not he could be consistent going forward is obviously the biggest question with Jameis Winston. But after week four, I mean, there's no disputing that this guy can ball out. Yeah, and you know, I tell you guys, Godwin equals Godwins. And he did just oh, and, that. And not only Godwin, uh, Mike Evans still had a great game too. I mean, he didn't touch Chris Godwin's 42 fantasy points. That was ridiculous. 
Um, he did get the shout out from LeBron James on the Twitter though. Did he really? He did. the the uh, The Bucks tweeted the gif of him doing like the high step and pushing his hands down, and they captioned it with the waving emoji and at King James, and then he quote tweeted it, and uh, so yeah, he got the props from uh, from LeBron James. Well, he is he is a beast, and all of the off season hype was uh, was clearly correct because through four weeks of the season, Chris Godwin is currently the number three wide receiver in PPR leagues, and uh, it's definitely a title well-deserved. He's looked fantastic three out of four games, and, I, I mean, he was coming into week four. He was legitimately questionable with a hip injury, and uh, to that I have to say, what hip injury? Chris Godwin doesn't stink. Exactly, and neither does Jameis Winston, and that is why he was the number one quarterback performer in week four. Well, that's questionable. Jameis Winston just didn't stink in week four. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is... A hundred percent correct. <laughs> a lot more accurate. Um, the second best guy at the quarterback position was surprisingly Aaron Rodgers. Um, and I say surprisingly because he has been disappointing uh, over the first three weeks. But I guess a matchup with the Eagles was just what he needed to become fantasy relevant again. I know that uh, defense is, is a bit decimated right now, as I'm sure you could attest to as a, uh, as a Philly fan. I told you guys Aaron Rodgers was going to go off. I, I, I said that on the podcast. There is literal, historical, archived evidence of that. Um, but yeah, the Eagles secondary is demolished, and it's, you know it's pretty bad when Field Yates is tweeting at Adam Schefter to say, tweet Jalen Ramsey to the Eagles. Yeah. Like he did today as we record this on Tuesday. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's not looking so good on that defense right now. They definitely do have to make a move. Uh, my question going forward, though, uh, now, I think this definitely dispelled our our, our panic button uh, for Aaron Rodgers. I know you and I were, were starting to panic a little bit, but, um, you know, this was this was the matchup he needed to get right. Going forward, um, we know that Devontae Adams is slated to at least miss one week. Um, his, his status for Sunday is already in doubt, and we don't know exactly how long it's going to be. Do you think that we're going to see this same Aaron Rodgers if he doesn't have Devontae Adams on the field? Well, I told everybody to hit the R-E-L-A-X button last week because Aaron Rodgers was going to go off. Uh, And speaking of Devontae Adams' injury, please credit the official, unofficial medical consultant of Underground Sports Philadelphia, my dad, at Batman Bennett on Twitter. He diagnosed the turf toe on the spot before anybody else. it, It was out there. He did it. He deserves all the credit right there. Uh, but it's going to change some things for sure, but I think it's going to help uh, guys like MVS and potentially Jimmy Graham get more touches in this offense. Oh, definitely. I mean, I um, I was working on my start and sit article today and I actually had MVS listed as a start because I do think whether it's a week, whether it's two weeks, whether it's three weeks, uh, I sincerely hope it's zero weeks, but I think that's a bit optimistic. Um, but no matter how long Devontae Adams is out for, I think MVS and Jimmy Graham both do get a huge bump up. Even Geronimo Allison does, but I think mm-hmm. MVS is going to see the biggest uptick in targets. Um, I will say it, it definitely does negatively affect Rodgers. Um, I don't think it's going to decimate his fantasy value. I think he's still in every week must start, but now he doesn't have an elite receiver to catch the ball from him. So it'll definitely be interesting to see how he steps up. Might see some more PPR points from Aaron Jones now, especially since Jamal Williams went out early in the game too. Yeah, that was, that was a scary and senseless injury. And I, I texted you immediately and I was like, Hey, what are your Eagles doing? That was gutless. And 
I was expecting you to be like, no, it was okay. And even you were like, you're right. That was terrible. Here's uh, here's my take on that. And we talked about this on our main show on Saturday. You can go back and listen to that. Um, but I said it was a dirty hit. But Derek Barnett is not a dirty player. I saw a yeah. lot of dirty player being thrown around on the timeline. He's not a dirty player. That's the first, you know, classified dirty hit of his career. Other than, you know. Yeah hitting Tom Brady in the Super Bowl to help the Eagles win. That was pretty dirty, but in a good context. Um, but it wasn't a dirty – he's not a dirty player. Was it a dirty hit? You you could say that. Was it, uh, you know, something that should have been avoided? Absolutely. And even Derek Barnett acknowledged that after the game. You saw him go up to Jamal Williams when he was getting put on the on the uh, the gurney and everything. So he knew it, was, it wasn't intentional. He's not Vontez Perfect, who's an absolute scumbag. Um, so who is now suspended for the rest of the 29th rightfully so she's just be suspended for the rest of his career I agree he I mean I'm surprised he even got a chance in Oakland he has been suspended or fined now 13 times for this type of stuff I, I don't understand how a player can make it past five times hell I don't know how a player can make it past three or four times yeah um, three is like NFL, pushing it yeah the fact that and it's not like any of those were like BS suspensions like, I'm sorry, but if you're a player on notice, like, I don't know how many NHL fans we have, but Tom Wilson of the Washington mm-hmm. Capitals has been, he was suspended in 2019 for a hit that was dirty, but didn't exactly warrant a suspension. But the reason why he got that is because he's a dirty player and he has tons of suspension on record. And when that happens to a player, whether it's in the NHL or the NFL, it keeps that player on a short lease. And the fact that Vontez Perfect even had any sort of leash left after 12, um, and the fact that they allowed him to get a 13th one, I mean, that is just despicable in the NFL. Something even more comical, he was the Raiders' defensive captain, and I never thought I'd say this in my life, but Booger McFarland actually said something smart on Monday Night Football last night. He said, you know, once is a mistake, twice, you know, is coincidence, three times it's a pattern of behavior. And I never thought I'd hear Booger McFarlane say anything intelligent in my life. But here we are in 2019 having Booger McFarlane preaching, uh, you know, something smart because Vontez Perfect is that stupid. Yeah. Anyway, moving back to our top performers, we got a little sidetrack there. Rightfully so. It's uh, it's very easy to get worked up when talking about cheap hits and, and cheap players. And I think we can acknowledge that the um, the hit from the Eagles, yes, was it cheap? Yes. Was the player dirty? Absolutely not. Like we said, a first offense, it happens. Um, moving on to the third quarterback, the third best quarterback of the week, and that's Lamar Jackson. Um, at this point, no one's really surprised when Lamar Jackson is in the top three or top five of the week. Uh, you can't take anything away from the guy, so I don't want to just kind of brush it under the rug and say, hey, we expected it. But, uh, hey, we expected it. <laughs> uh, he was okay. He was, he wasn't really in my top performers last week, per se. Um but he rebounded. I'll, I'll give him that for sure. He definitely yeah, rebounded he, from the stinker he, he put up against the Chiefs. Sure. Uh, not that it was a stinker, but it was a, in terms of you know stats and everything, it was a stinker. But um, you know, it, it was an okay performance. Yeah, I would agree. So we'll move on to the running backs here. The first two guys we're going to mention, we know they're both really good. First one is Nick Chubb. Um, there was a little bit of concerns with him over the first couple of weeks because it wasn't really involved. In the passing game, um, they definitely have him involved. Baker Mayfield honestly looked a lot better against Baltimore than I thought he was going to. He looked to. fantastic. 
So, yeah, so kudos to Baker Mayfield. We can kind of pump the brakes on the panic button. He still did only get about 16.5 fantasy points um, against the Ravens, which is not a stellar fantasy performance. But if you actually watch the game, if you saw how he composed himself, if you saw how he threw the ball, uh, that should make you feel a lot better going forward as a Baker Mayfield owner. Um, Hot like take, I said, Odell Beckham Jr. is a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield? <laughs> There's always that possibility. Dude, if he would have completed that, I would have ran laps around my neighborhood. You know what? He wasn't the only one that made a uh, passing attempt out of the star receivers this week. I saw DeAndre Hopkins throwing it. Bonkers. That's how bad the offenses have been. They've resorted to, uh, you know, whipping out plays from the vault. Antoine Randall Mikey, why do we always have breaking news on the show? Oh, God, what now? Bengals wide receiver John Ross is expected to miss multiple games with a shoulder injury suffered last night uh, against the Steelers. Could be in the range of a month or so. Oh, boy. You know what? Just as we thought the season of John Ross was upon us, it gets diffused. This is three straight weeks of news involving the Pittsburgh Steelers. (laughs) I'm sick of it. I know. That is coming from Mike Garofolo, too, via the Sleeper app. Not a sponsor, but you should download it. Absolutely. So sticking in that division, we'll move back to Nick Chubb. Um, he's he's great. He's arguably a top six, top seven fantasy running back moving forward. And after having nearly 40 points this week and just having incredible rushing attempt after incredible rushing attempt, I mean, he's an obvious every week starter. He balled out against the Baltimore Ravens, who have a pretty damn good uh, rushing defense. So Nick Chubb, if you got him, you're probably gone good friend of the network john barchard tweeted this uh either yesterday or today he said uh remember when the nick chubb versus sony michelle debate was going on i don't even know how we ever allowed that to be a thing. <laughs> i mean i know i know you and i were both pretty clearly on the nick chubb side we were both very low on sony michelle this offseason but i don't understand how anyone even thought those two were in the same caliber see i i liked sony this year because it was like okay like they figured out like who's the guy it was kind of like detroit but uh, he's he's just looked terrible. Exactly. Uh, second guy on the list, to no surprise, is Christian McCaffrey. You already stroked this man's ego so hard in the intro. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything else about him except for this. I say this every week in my group chats. Christian McCaffrey, greatest athlete of all time. We're moving on. Um, Jordan Howard, your, your Philly boy. Dude, he looked excellent against Green Bay. He thrashed him. He bashed him. He is the thunder to Miles Sanders' lightning. And uh, he completely bent me over in my matchup this week, putting up 32.5 points against me. Uh, But I'll take an Eagles win over a fantasy win. Uh, That's just how I roll. But Jordan Howard looked fantastic. And he can even do like half of that week in and week out to pair with Miles Sanders. Boy, oh boy, look out. Because then if we get Jalen Ramsey, oh my god. He had, uh, he had three touchdowns, didn't he? Three touchdowns, two rushing, one receiving. That receiving on the wheel route was absolutely disgusting. Oh, it was. It was a phenomenal play. Um, so let me ask you this, because Jordan Howard, he's owned in over 50% of leagues, which means that he's probably not on people's waiver wires. Um, is Jordan Howard, it, let's, let's say he was on our waiver wire. Is he a top priority for you this week going forward, or do you think that this was kind of an oddity for, for fantasy? See, now, I said on the show that if the Eagles were going to win, they had to establish the run game with both the guys, and they did that. So it's obvious Doug Peterson listens to all of our podcasts. Um, Obviously. But Jordan Howard, moving forward, uh, 
he's moved. I think, in my opinion, he's moved himself into the flex conversation because if they, if the Eagles decide they're gonna, you know, use this twin back tandem like they have to, you know, mix things up, especially waiting for Deshaun Jackson to get back. They're playing against a banged up Jets defense this week, where the Eagles, Mikey, are thirteen and a half point favorites. And I'm gonna ask you the same question I asked you last week about the Chargers and the Dolphins. Do the Eagles hit that cover? Yes. I agree. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, uh, absolutely. But I think if they continue this, you know, using the run game to open up the pass game, it's going to pay dividends for them, and I don't see why they wouldn't continue to involve Jordan Howard along with Miles Sanders and sprinkle in the other guys when needed. But those two guys are going to be, you know, I, I, at least flex options moving forward. Yeah, and I would agree. If Jordan Howard's out in my waiver wire, I'm picking him up. Um, I... I want to say I'm not going to start him this week, but hey, if you have a guy on a bye or if you have someone that just got hurt, um, especially in this matchup, Jordan Howard's very serviceable uh, for the coming week, and he's coming off of a monster performance, so he should have some momentum. So uh, if you need a a plug-and-play kind of guy, I can't guarantee you another 30 points, but Jordan Howard is definitely worth a flex option look this week. Yeah, because looking at the two teams on bye this week, you've got the Lions and the Dolphins, so nobody's getting automatic points this week, but... That's you know Kenyon Drake, who's a low end flex guy. You got Carryon Johnson on a buy. Yeah. Jordan Howard is a serviceable guy to replace one of those two in your lineup. Yeah, not to mention if you're someone that's been using Marvin Jones as a flex guy, you know Jordan Howard mm-hmm. could be the guy you slot in instead. Um, so we'll stay in the NFC East and we'll move on to the other guy who finished just behind him in the in the running back points. And that was a surprising. We were wrong. Um, surprising showing from Wayne Goldman. We were very wrong. Um, however. As you know, I'm a big hater um, on on certain running backs. I hate Mark Ingram, and I was I was right this week. He only had 10 fantasy points. Not bad. Screwed me in FanDuel, not a sponsor. Um, but I maybe I'm a hater. Maybe I'm realizing that this weekend is going to be a significantly tougher matchup for him. But I personally have Wayne Gallman listed as a sit in this upcoming week. Granted, I had him listed as a sit last week, too, and we see how that went. But... Uh, I, I don't think that this is a normal thing that we could expect from Wayne Gallman, and I think this was this was definitely more of a uh, a first-game oddity than anything. Plus, I mean, he's playing the Redskins, and this week we found out the Redskins aren't even trying to tank, and they might be just as bad as the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> like, they are terrible. Um, pretty rough. So, I mean, so, we should have expected Wayne Gallman to go off because that Washington team is absolutely horrendous. But uh, I agree, you know, going up against the Minnesota Vikings this week, I I don't trust that. Even, you know, when we've seen running backs have some success this year against the Vikings running the ball a little bit, I I don't trust Wayne Gallman there at all. Yeah, me neither. So we'll move on to the receivers. Uh, The first guy we won't even talk about. God wins. We already stroked his ego plenty when we were – we were supposed to be talking about Jameis Winston, and we ended up talking about Chris Godwin. That's how much Kyle and I both are in love with Chris Godwin. Uh, but just know, Chris Godwin was the number one scoring receiver of the week. Played and, against uh, him this week, too. Played against yeah. him this week, too. You know what, man? That's just your luck. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so going forward, Chris Godwin, I don't care what the matchup is. He could be being shattered by Jalen Ramsey, which will never be the case since he shares the field with Mike Evans. But uh, you you have to start Chris Godwin uh, everywhere. Um, Plus, he's playing the Saints this week, and that game is always a shootout for whatever reason. Always a big blow-up spot, always. Um, so moving on, the second-highest guy who we were both kind of concerned about last week, and here we are dispelled, 
Uh, Robert Woods went off for 13 catches for 164 yards in the 95-point combination game from uh, Tampa Bay and, and Los Angeles. It was absolutely dumb. But Robert Woods, uh, he looked great. I think he has at least regained Jared Goff's confidence, and um, I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about him going forward. I, I can't treat him as my wide receiver, too but he's a damn great flex option, and he's a damn great wide receiver three for your team. Agree. Uh, moving on to, oh, God, Devontae Adams. What a freaking beast. He's an animal. Touch base on him, um, but he, he looked absolutely incredible. I mean, dude goes off for 10 catches, 180 yards. Most of that was in the first half. Uh, looked like an absolute animal, and then he got turf toe. He might be out for a few weeks. However... Our panic button that we were hovering over. I told you guys. Exactly. There's There was never a need to panic. This is what I'm here for. I am the panic distiller. Exactly. So when Devontae Adams gets back, you're plugging him back into those. Sucks he's not playing this week because the Packers play the Cowboys. and uh, It would have been another great game. It would have been beautiful. It would have been beautiful. Uh, next guy up. Also from the – this is the third guy – out of the past four people that we've talked about that were involved in the Tampa Bay-Los Angeles Rams game. And that's Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup went off. He had 15 targets, nine receptions, 121 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Um, I, I genuinely can't tell you who the wide receiver one is on that Los Angeles Rams team. There isn't if one. I had to make a, if I had to make a guess, I would say it's Cooper Cup. Yeah, uh, so we have a, a running joke. Shout out to the homie Diggs Tape on our lacrosse podcast on the network. And it's that from the Archers Lacrosse Club, Marcus Holman and Will Manny, like they are, they go hand in hand. They're, we call them the bunk bed boys. And in the NFL, the bunk bed boys would be Cooper Cup and Jared Goff. Yeah, they. they Plain and simple. Like, it's like stepbrothers. They have an incredible chemistry, those two. And I. Dude, Cooper Cup, in my opinion. You can trust him as a wide receiver one for the rest of the season. He's so damn good. Why is he got to be on the Rams? He's so damn good. He's incredible. And then the next guy we're going to talk about, the last receiver, Jarvis Landry, finally looked incredible. And, of course, it comes in a rough, rough matchup where he looked so good. And, of course, he exits the game with, I believe, a concussion. Could have so, played against him, too, but luckily my opponent benched him. So you know what, that shows you how my week went. I can't think of many people that actually played Jarvis Landry in this one. I mean, he's been abysmal to start the season. Then he gets a difficult matchup against Baltimore. Plus, Baker Mayfield has been looking terrible. Um, if you started Jarvis Landry, you got some cojones because I would not have done that. But you were well rewarded. Uh, unfortunately, it looks like he probably is going to miss week five. But it's definitely a status to monitor going forward. And now that he has kind of reminded us all what he can do, as soon as he's back in the lineup, he's got to be back in your lineup. Odell, not getting the ball, though, recently, so we'll see how that continues to play out. Yeah, uh, we'll move on to the tight ends. Uh, Austin Hooper was the big tight end this week. Uh, nine catches, 130 yards, that's 22 fantasy points. Um, it's still too early to take a victory lap. I'm so annoyed. But I have been preaching Austin Hooper for months saying that at worst he's going to be the tight end seven on the season and through four weeks he's the tight end two and he's looking pretty damn good while he's doing it i want to punch matt noodle arm ryan in his in his kneecap <laughs> hey that's all right i had julio jones not do too much this week either 
Can I even say proud Calvin Ridley? No, Calvin Ridley. Here, here's the official stance. Calvin Ridley is benched in any league until further notice. Yeah, I would have to agree with that. I'm so annoyed. The second best tight end of the week was Will Disley, and it was to nobody's surprise because he was playing Arizona. Uh, Actually, Will Disley only, and I I say only, he only put up 18.7 points against the Arizona Cardinals. The three previous tight ends, TJ Hawkinson, Mark Andrews, and Greg Olson, all managed to put up over 25 points. However, 18.5 points from Will Disley is freaking awesome. If you were streaming him this week, you're pumped at what you got, and it just comes to show. I don't care who the tight end is this weekend, this upcoming weekend. It's uh, I, I believe Tyler Eifert is going to be playing against Arizona. So it's Tyler Eifert. That's a little tough because the Bengals stink. <laughs> yeah, they do, but any tight end I think is well on the streaming radar um, against this abysmal Arizona's defense who just doesn't seem to have a single answer. That's because they're old. They are old. Uh, and then the final tight end we're going to talk about that was the top performer of the week is Jimmy Graham. Six catches, 61 yards, and a receiving touchdown. Uh, weeks two and week three, he was held to two targets, zero receptions over the course of those two games. Then he bounced back in a pretty big way, scoring his fantasy owners 18 points in week four if you actually started him, which I don't think many people did. Did you know Jimmy Graham played basketball? Oh, I did not. Um, I, I must have I must have had my TV muted. I learned that on the broadcast. Ever. <laughs> yeah, that 6-7 yeah. frame, man. He played basketball. It's crazy. I would have never guessed. You know what's weird? I also heard Chris Hogan used to play lacrosse. Yeah, and you know Tony Gonzalez once played basketball. So did Antonio Gates. Like it's it's this weird thing. Like other NFL players played other sports. I know it's hard to believe. Stupendous. Do you know if any of them ever won any championships in other sports? Uh, I don't know. That's a great question. That's a great trivia question. And you know where people can leave uh those fun trivia questions, Mikey? Where can they leave those? They can leave questions? those in the Apple Podcast reviews that they leave with those five star reviews. Drop them, search Underground Sports Philadelphia, drop your five-star ratings and reviews, or they can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Absolutely. And for any of our listeners any of our listeners out there, if you happen to be an upcoming champion yourself in your fantasy football league, why don't you head on over to trophysmack.com? So TrophySmack is the place to go for all of your fantasy championship needs. They have trophies, they have championship rings, they have championship belts which are absolutely ginormous and totally blinged out and just super awesome um you know all their all their items come with the 100 percent satisfaction guaranteed they're completely customizable and can be engraved however you need um and if you order today you can receive the first engraving of your trophy for free as well as free shipping so don't settle for less when you can get the best at trophysmack.com and be sure to use code goalline that's g-o-a-l L-I-N-E at checkout to receive a free championship ring with the purchase of any trophy or belt. And these championship rings are a value of $59. So that's that's nearly $60 in savings. Again, that code is GOALINE, G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E to receive a free championship ring with the purchase of any championship trophy or belt over there at trophysmack.com. Yeah, and GOALINE is all one word. GOALINE, all one word. And you know what else is one word? bust yuck moving on to the bust of the week and as we said it last week 
you had any of these guys, your championship hopes might have been crashed down just a little bit in week four. So the most disappointing quarterback um, from this week, there's actually three of them. There's, there's more than three of them, but these three kind of highlighted it for me. And uh, the, the first one that comes to mind is Deshaun Watson, who looked he looked like a deer in headlights against Carolina's defense. And as a Carolina Panthers fan, that makes me ecstatic. But as a fantasy football player, wasn't too happy to see that. He had 160 pass yards, a rush touchdown, 12 rushing yards. I mean, he did not look like the Deshaun Watson that uh, everyone drafted him to be. I I don't think anyone's panicking on him. Please, for the love of God, get him out of Houston. Dude, something's... Uh, it's... This is what I'm scared of with Deshaun Watson. You ready for this? He's Andrew Luck 2.0. Well, it, definitely. With quicker that legs. That offensive line is horrendous, and it's going to get him crushed someday. But New Orleans, uh, he played New Orleans week one, put up 31 points. Then played Jacksonville week two, put up 12 points. Played the Chargers week three, put up 27 points. Played Carolina and only put up 13.5 points. So I am... It's only four weeks in, so maybe I'm just looking way too much into it. But it is really going to hurt fantasy owners if Deshaun Watson is going to put up 25, 26, 27 points in one week, and then he's going to dud out for twenty, for 12 or 13 points the next week. Um, I am, I am scared that this could be a consistency issue, especially since he hasn't been targeting DeAndre Hopkins as much as he should be, and DeAndre Hopkins isn't catching the ball as much as he should be. Well, he's got a beautiful get-right game against the Falcons at home, so uh, he should go out for like 50,000 points this week. He should, and you'd expect it, and if there's going to be a get-right game for Deshaun Watson and for DeAndre Hopkins, it's going to be this one. And um, Will Fuller. You're not benching Deshaun Watson, but nope. it's it's just, you have to start him this week, but I am... I am personally concerned about the consistency moving forward. Bill O'Brien stinks. Yeah, he definitely does. Um, <laughs> I know you're, you're going to love this next one, so go ahead. You can introduce him. That's a bust. I week. told you all. I told you. Those damn Dallas Cowboys started off with the easiest schedule in NFL history, playing the Giants, playing Washington, and playing the terrible, dreadful Miami Dolphins. And when Dak Prescott rolled into New Orleans to play a competent NFL team, what happened? He lost to a team that put up four field goals. He couldn't even score a touchdown. Dak Prescott, you stink. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty abysmal against New Orleans. Um, speaking as a Carolina Panthers fan, I know how tough that New Orleans defense is um, in real life, not on paper. But uh, Mikey, They had 13 minutes in the fourth quarter the Cowboys did. And could not even get into field goal range to win the game. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Terrible. Dak, Pre- Dak Prescott, as far as I'm concerned, he had eight points, but he might as well have laid a goose egg. That picture of him on the ground after he threw that fail Mary, put it put it in every art museum around the world. <laughs> the fail Mary. I love it. But, yeah, so you do get to take a victory lap this week as Dak Prescott was uh, just... Dud Prescott. He was a dud. Week for him. And uh, you know who else was a dud? Tom Brady. Tom I said Brady. this too. I said that Buffalo defense was going to eat. That Buffalo defense is the real deal. And, you know, if Josh Allen is out for even just one week because he, he, he left the game with a concussion, they have a bye in week six. In my opinion, 
they're going to be wise just to sit Josh Allen for week five, let him rest up between week five and the bye week, and then they'll bring him back week seven. But that Buffalo defense is going to need to come up big if they want to win because I don't think their offense is going to be able to do it without Josh Allen. So that Buffalo defense, pretty scary, man. I think they're the real deal, and they, they made Tom Brady look like he's really never played football before. He had 150 pass yards and an interception and negative three rushing yards. Yeah, he was uh, pretty pedestrian. The the Pagers defense won them that game. Uh, and this was the week of the former Eagles backup quarterbacks because we saw Matt Barkley play and we saw Chase Daniel play. So backup quarterbacks getting their bread. Yeah, so Tom Brady. Now, I don't know about you. I'm not concerned about Tom Brady moving forward. Um, he has surprisingly emerged as a QB1 for fantasy football this year. I Tom Brady plays Washington this week, guys. He's going to freaking shred them to pieces. Yeah, listen to this. His next three weeks are Washington, the New York Giants, and the New York Jets. It's not even fair. He's incredibly startable in all three of those games. So chalk up the the Buffalo game as as a fluke, at least for the immediate future, and you can can feel pretty confident if you're firing up Tom Brady. Ridiculous, that easy schedule he gets. I know, it's nuts. And then... uh, the, we'll move on to the running backs, and the first one that comes to mind is going to be Joe Mixon, who put up a whopping 10 points. That's because he was playing offensive night. line last night. He was. That block that he made <laughs> when he picked up the blitz, it was actually one of the most incredible things ever. That Everyone was filthy. get at least two fantasy points for that block. That was absolutely <laughs> disgusting. That should go, if you have the Bengals defense, that should go to them, and then if you have Joe Mixon, you should just get blocking points. Yeah. Now, I will say, I don't fault Joe Mixon as the player. He is behind a terrible offensive line. He managed over four yards of carry last night. It was 50, 15 rushing attempts for 62 yards. And he had four catches, but they were literal dump passes that resulted in four catches for one total yard. Um, I'm not scared for Joe Mixon, but I'm scared because of that offensive line and because of how flat that offense is that Joe Mixon could very well be a bust for the 2019 season. Yeah, I mean, he's playing behind that terrible O-line. And, I mean, the Steelers were stacking the box all night, too, because they know that Joe Mixon's the way the Bengals even have any sort of shot at putting up points. So if you shut down Joe Mixon, you pretty much shut down their offense. Yeah, and I think I think teams are going to realize that going forward. I mean, it is going to be a bit of a different story once A.J. Green is back. That could be this week. It could be next week. Uh, might not be He's not right coming back this week, confirmed. I, I do know that for a fact. Okay. So then, in in my opinion, when A.J. Green gets back, Joe Mixon might see some room for improvement. But until then, they're just going to stack the box against him because that's the only way that Cincinnati's going to get a win. Yeah. And even if A.J. Green's on the field, I don't, I don't see much because he's definitely not going to be 100%. So it's tough. Yeah, the next uh, running back that disappointed... Mark Ingram. Um, Four rushing attempts for 71 yards is not bad. It's not bad at all. Um, But he had a a catch for zero yards, and he had a two-point conversion. So without the two-point conversion or the catch for zero yards, he would not have made even double-digit fantasy points. Um, This, to be completely honest, you could chalk some of this up to negative game script because Baltimore, Baltimore looked incredibly flat against Cleveland. Um, however, I would be remiss to say that uh, this is this is pretty much what I expected from Mark Ingram almost every week, and I'm kind of seeing the same consistency pattern as Deshaun Watson. 
He gets well, 22 points, then he gets 9 points. He gets 35 points, then he gets 10 points. So I'm just I'm really worried about the consistency with Mark Ingram moving forward. We we didn't expect this from Cleveland's defense either because they finally showed up for a game. Somebody woke them up on time for the game. And uh it, like you said, it was it was negative game script from the jump because Cleveland was just pouring on points, so Lamar Jackson had to throw rather than give it to Mark Ingram to run. So uh, I'm still okay on my Mark Ingram bandwagon. Well, you know me. That guy could finish the season as the number one overall <laughs> running back in fantasy football, and I still won't give him any credit. I just don't like him. I hope he um, does. That'd be so great. The next guy, someone who I didn't like last year when you were telling everyone to pick him up on the waiver wire, um, and I was very wrong, but uh, not this week. Um, Philip Lindsay, he had 53 rushing yards, one catch, seven yards, only had seven fantasy points against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, granted, we both were in agreement last week that Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman both needed to see a spot on your bench because of this um, really difficult matchup with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm not... I'm not panicking on Philip Lindsay. I do think this was just an off game, but I am going to go back to what I was saying last week and say that he's just kind of a safe guy to get you somewhere between 10 and 13 points most weeks. So I'm not really using him as anything more than like a, a safety flex kind of guy. Plus the Broncos stink, but I mean, they're playing the Chargers this week and they're insanely banged up now. So you might be able to get away with him as a flex. Yeah, I, I think you could, but again, I still think he's more of just, he's just a safe play, you know, I'm not, in, in week three, he did pop off for 29 points, but the first two weeks, he had 10.6 each week, and I, I do think that is more of what is to be expected from Philip Lindsay on a weekly basis. Yeah, it's because the Broncos stink. <laughs> you know who else stinks? Sony Michelle. Stinky Michelle. I don't. We already kind of touched base on him. Um, I, I will. I will add this before we move on because I don't want to talk about Sonny Michelle. I really don't. He's just so boring. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm more of a I'm Nintendo not... guy myself. <laughs> well, I just I can't imagine starting him in any week because if you'll recall, he did absolutely nothing against the worst defense in football with Miami, and I just. There's, there's no reason to have him in your starting lineup. Obviously, you can't drop him because at any given time, like, for instance, if Rex Burkhead gets injured for a while or if James White gets injured for a while, Sonny Michelle sees, a, sees an uptick, and you, you can't drop him. You spent too high of a draft capital on him, but you can't start him either. So until Sonny Michelle uh, gets his head on straight and the Patriots start using him, he's, he's a must-sit. Yeah, go buy a Nintendo Switch. It's better. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and then the last running back we'll talk about is Marlon Mack. Now, I don't necessarily know if we can completely fault him because it was it, it was just – he got hurt. He left the game early. Um, I Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think he left the game until the fourth quarter. I'm not 100% sure on that. Something but I, like that. I, I think he played most of the game, but he had 11 rushing attempts for only 39 yards. Uh, so he was pretty flat on the ground which was kind of surprising because Oakland doesn't necessarily have an incredible rushing defense. But, uh, yeah, Marlon Mack, it's definitely a situation to monitor. Uh, he is... He's yeah, it was now, the fourth quarter, and he was never officially ruled out either. Yeah, so that's definitely something to monitor. Um, he was he was ineffective with what he did do. And in week five, the Colts play against the Kansas City Chiefs. And 
I'm no expert, but I think it's safe to say he's not going to have a whole lot of opportunity in that game because something tells me the Colts are going to be playing from behind in this one. Hey, I don't know. The Chiefs uh, got a little got a little exposed this weekend against the uh, the Detroit Lions of all teams. So who knows? Yeah, but I was I was never on on board with the Lions being a bad team. I thought Me either, but they kind of showed how to beat the Chiefs if Carrion Johnson holds on to the freaking ball. Yeah, they did. They did, but we'll see what happens. I don't think I'm starting Marlon Mack in any of my leagues this weekend, but, uh, you know, he has, a, he has a tough guy to sit, but I'm, I'm staying away from him in week five. Very the true. receivers that we're going to move on to, all six of them are complete studs on their team. And all six of them completely disappointed fantasy owners. So the first guy we're going to talk about, and I think this section is going to be pretty brief with the exception of maybe one or two of these names. Um, Keenan Allen, you're not you're not upset with him, right? He I'm upset for game. his performance against the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, that whole team kind of looked not that great. Horrible. Atrocious. But, uh, Dreadful. But... Yeah, he managed to put together only like nine fantasy points on Sunday against the worst team in the NFL. Um, I'm I'm not worried about him moving forward though. I'm still firing firing him up as an every week wide receiver one, and I I think you are too. Is that safe to say? Yeah, and one thing we forgot to mention too, Mikey, when it comes to the Chargers, uh, Melvin Gordon's back. Yeah, Melvin Gordon's back, and I'm I'm honestly surprised he didn't get at least a few reps against Miami. I was okay but, with uh, it. Yeah, I mean, it's. I guess it's better to save him for a game that they're actually going to need him. Yeah, I don't even. I honestly don't even think he was scripted into the game plan, and that's why he didn't play. Probably. Like they said, I believe it was Anthony Lynn said he was there for emergency use only because Justin Jackson had that foot injury. Um, So I mean, they were they were rolling shorthanded anyway across the board on that team, but I, I did not expect Melvin Gordon to play. Now I don't I don't really think I did either. Um, I was I was optimistic about it, but I well I, we had like seventeen different reports throughout the week saying he was going to play. He wasn't. He was going to be used partially in an emergency. Like it was just on and on and on. And then obviously he didn't play. So yeah, it was it was sloppy and very annoying. But uh, it's over and moving forward. I don't necessarily know if I could see a full workload coming from him this week, especially with how great. Austin Eckler has been performing. I mean, I, 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 they still have to respect Austin Eckler and, and, you know, at least give him some looks in each game. So I think that at least for this week, I would expect something a bit more of like a 50-50 split if they're going to get Melvin Gordon back into it. But I think this time in two weeks, he's going to be back to being, you know, the bell cow there. It makes me so happy because I'm a Melvin Gordon truther and owner, and I drafted him in our, uh, our home league here in the first round because I had faith and look yes. at it paying and off. Might I add to everyone that uh, didn't follow along with the draft. It is a keeper league, so there were a lot of players already off the board. Don't think Kyle just reached on him in the first round while there were still big name players out there. Um, but yes, you did. You definitely did take a risk um, by taking him in our first round there, so kudos to you. Had to be done. Uh, Julio Jones, uh, it was it was just an off game. Matt Ryan even, stinks. Oh, well, exactly. It wasn't even an off game for him. It was just an off game for that offense. Um, moving on. DeAndre Hopkins. Um, 
I don't want to be nervous about DeAndre Hopkins, but I kind of am. I think it'll be all right. I'm giving it one more week before I hit the panic button. I think it's going to be all right, too. And you and I were saying that this upcoming week is a perfect blow-up spot for him and Deshaun Watson. So I'm not I'm not even going to chime in that I that I my thoughts on my my slight panic. Uh, we'll we'll revisit it next week and we'll see how it goes. But Hopkins is obviously still a must start. Plus, if you look at the Deshaun Watson trends, the odd weeks he balls out. Exactly. So why not just keep it moving? Um, next up, we have DJ Moore of the Carolina Panthers. Now, I I loved DJ Moore coming into this season as anyone should have. I mean. Over the first two weeks of the of the season, he had 24 targets when Cam Newton was there. However, I warned everyone this a couple weeks ago when Kyle Allen was coming in. I reiterated again last week. The targets are not going to be the same with Kyle Allen as it was with Cam Newton. I mean, in week three, sure, he put up 13.5 fantasy points, but he was against Arizona. He only had two targets, one catch, 52 yards, and a touchdown. All of his fantasy points came on that one play kind of relevant in Houston too because he only had five targets only caught three of those and only you know he had 44 receiving yards and I think that that is kind of what I'm gonna expect until Cam Newton is healthy and back in this lineup I don't expect a lot from DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel with Kyle Allen I think that either one of these guys could go off at any given day on a big play but I don't think there's going to be anything outside of those big plays. So if you have DJ Moore or if you have Curtis Samuel and you're relying on them as a starter every week, you better hope Cam Newton gets healthy and fast. Trade them now. Yeah, I, I think I think you could trade them while they still have the name fantasy value. Because speaking as a Carolina Panthers fan, I mean, I don't know, I don't know if you saw it, Kyle, but Cam Newton posted like a 15-minute video on YouTube, and he sat down and he was himself and he. He talked through everything. What was he wearing? He was, you know what? It was actually fairly, fairly normal. Um, you know, the hat was a bit out there, but um, he was, it, it was dressed fairly normal. But speaking as a Carolina Panthers fan, I was, I was very, um, I was very happy that he released that video. You'll, you'll have to check it out. I definitely recommend everyone to watch it. If you're, whether you're a Panthers fan or a fantasy football fan or anything, it's, it's definitely something relevant to watch, but. He broke it down. He was very real. He blames himself. He doesn't blame any of the coaches or anything like that. You know, he knows that he was trying to do too much, and he knows that he was severely injured after that preseason game. What a just, dunce. He just chose not to say anything, and, and he owned up to it and everything like that. Um, so I'm I'm sincerely hoping that Cam Newton gets healthy and he gets healthy fast because I miss watching him play. He is one of my favorite players in the entire league, um, but – We'll see what happens. But anyway, with DJ Moore, um, he's a desperation flex play, and that's that's really it. Trade him now. That's what I'm saying. You heard it here first. Are you trading Juju Smith-Schuster? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, um, because you can still get a lot of assets for him just based off of name alone. But if you look at his schedule, with the exception of Miami in Week 8, he's actually got a pretty difficult schedule as a wide receiver, plus... I mean, Mason Rudolph and him, it just ain't happening. Dude, Mason Rudolph, is he is he the next big guy in uh, Pittsburgh? You know, completion percentage through the roof last night. Barely oh threw God. a ball over 10 yards. Yeah, I'd be surprised <laughs> if he threw a single ball over 10 yards. Um, he had that one long touchdown. That was it. 
It was like so difficult to watch. I'm not. Even oh my god, like... that I would have rather watched grass grow. So, again, I don't like taking victory laps this early in the season, and I especially don't like taking victory laps when it involves an injured player, i.e., Ben Roethlisberger. But Juju Smith-Schuster was one of the biggest names that I was avoiding all offseason. I was preaching it. Everyone was disagreeing with me. Granted, I was telling you to get Antonio Brown instead of Juju Smith-Schuster. God, I'd rather have Juju Smith-Schuster over Antonio Brown, so I will own up to that. But uh, Juju is – its if Ben Roethlisberger is not under center, it's not going to work. And this whole team just it, it Stinks. doesn't work as well without Antonio Brown in it. It's, it's tough to say, but – it happens. Did, you know? we, so, we did have a good James Conner night, though. I was, even though even though I had no chance of winning my matchup, I was happy to see what my boy James Conner did last night. Yeah, he he did look pretty good, um, which was expected. I had him listed as one of my starts as well. We talked about him last week that this was kind of the matchup for him to kind of show everything. Um, in my opinion, I'm going out and I'm selling high on James Conner after the big win. After the big fantasy points. Hey, he plays the Ravens that Nick Chubb just sliced and diced, though. Yeah, but he's not Nick <laughs> Chubb. I think Nick Chubb is a lot better. But moving on to Nick Chubb's teammate, Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he's been pretty good over the first few weeks of the season, having at least uh, at least six catches in each one of those games. His lowest total was 56 yards. But uh, on Sunday, he was held to two catches for 20 receiving yards on seven targets. I'm... I'm not worried about Odell Beckham. I don't think you're getting elite, an elite receiver in him for fantasy football anymore, but uh, I'm not worried about him. I think you can very confidently use him as a wide receiver too. You mean QBJ? Yeah, QBJ. Uh, fun fact, though, I was watching the Pat McAfee show on YouTube, um, and he said, interesting stat, Odell has three catches in his last 16 targets, I believe. That's something to keep an eye on because it seems like, like I said, the the offense stinks for the Browns the way they're running it. It's like they don't even have a game plan um, when it comes to the passing game. But if they're going to continue to use Odell as like this decoy type thing, that's going to be something to watch. Yeah, for sure. So that'll that'll just about do it. Oh, wait, no. I'm totally skipping the tight ends here. What am I doing? Um so, real quick, moving on to the tight ends. I know we don't really enjoy talking about tight ends, especially the ones that bust too much. Uh, O.J. Howard was a disappointment again. I mean, Terrible. His team, his team put up over 50 points, and he still and he's had still six, terrible. And a, six and a half fantasy points. Um, I, I honestly don't know what to do with O.J. Howard because, again, you drafted him so high, you can't just drop him, but... I told I you guys to go get Will Disley if you have O.J., you drop OJ yep. now. Yeah, I would agree. I would rather have Will Disley moving forward. OJ OJ's not in their offensive game plan whatsoever. He's just there. He just shows up, gets a game check, and goes home. Like he's not doing anything. Exactly. Next up, we talk about him every he's trash. Week. I'm getting tired of talking <laughs> he's about cooked. him. He's uh, cooked. Jared Cook is cooked. And you shouldn't have drafted him. You nope. should have listened to Kyle and I, and you should have saved yourself a seventh, a sixth or seventh round draft pick. And you could have done something hell of a lot better. But uh, if you didn't listen to us, well, sucks to suck. Could have had that fruit and vegetable juice that used to be very popular in the early two thousands. That they're not a sponsor, so I'm not going to say their name. <laughs> Q forehead smack. Suspicion. Sneaking suspicion. I uh, know what you're talking about. And actually, <laughs> you know, funny story about that. So. 
When I was little, I used to do that to my mom all the time. When she would just be sitting there watching TV in the living room, I would go up and I would smack her on the floor and I said, hey, should have had a V8 <laughs> out, of, out of nowhere. And the funny story is that one day she decides to do it back to me, but she calls my name. And as I look up, her hand comes flying in. She accidentally smacks me right in the nose and my nose just combusts with blood. Like I bled all over the kitchen, man. It You're like Eric Weddle. Insane. Yeah, it was, it was so funny. I mean, at the time, I was like, Mom, what the hell? But, uh, yeah, looking back at it now, it's one of the funniest things that I think has ever happened to me. So, you done got got. I done got got. And uh, the last guy that done got got on this list would be uh, Evan Ingram. He put up kind of a stinker. Um, I He's still the number one tight end in, in fantasy football, and I don't really think anyone can. Yeah. really overreact to it i don't even think you know i have him on this list but he still put up nine and a half points like that's not disappointing for a tight end yeah. it's just not what you expect be right. number one exactly exactly um so i am I'm, I'm trying to think because i know we don't want to cover guys that should be added on the waiver wire since we um since we get this podcast to everyone on wednesday after the waivers have cleared but I am going to say that, uh, you know, if Jalen Samuels is still out there, because he has, he definitely has a role with Mason Rudolph in his quarterback. I think he has to be added. Um, same thing with Deontay Johnson from, from Pittsburgh. I think the wide receiver definitely has to be added as well. So if either of these guys go under the radar, then by all means, work some magic and, uh, and do something to get those guys. I'm pissed um, your dad beat me to the, to the jump last week. Because I was going to talk about him this week, but uh, Golden Tate comes back this week from suspension, guys. So uh, it's definitely something to, you know, look at if he hasn't been added already. Because he's going to immediately become the number one receiver in that offense, I'd say, because just based off of talent. Um, so that's somebody you should keep an eye on if people just forgot about him. Yeah, and speaking of suspensions, there's two tight ends coming off of suspension. Uh, ben Watson is coming off of suspension, and he will be slotted into the Patriots lineup uh, this week. And then Chris Herndon is going to be back on the field next week. Yes. So um, definitely something to, to monitor with these two guys. But I think if you want either of these tight ends, if you're lacking at the position, or if you are that unlucky O.J. Howard owner, um, I'm not saying drop O.J. Howard for Ben Watson or Chris Herndon, but these are – two guys that you definitely want to take a look at because they do offer some serious fantasy value um in week five of the season big facts and then i do want to i do want to make note we talked about john ross uh being out potentially for the next few weeks to a month if you have an ir spot and he was dropped he's i think you should add him and stick him in your ir spot if you don't already have someone there because he has proven that he could be a pretty awesome receiver so that is someone to look at uh, I would also say the same thing about TJ Hawkinson. If anyone drops him after his injury scare this week, uh, it's definitely not going to be a, a season ender for him. So he could be an interesting stash down the road if you have that IR spot. Yeah, and if somebody dropped Michael Gallup too and you have an IR spot, stash him up. Yeah, no doubt. Michael Gallup could be back as early as this week. Um, well, he's he's definitely going to miss this week, um, but there's potential for him to come back the following week. If not, he'll definitely be back uh, when the Cowboys play the Eagles. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Michael Gallup has looked pretty pretty damn good. And I also want to throw out a name to add. You should have added him last week. I know I did. 
Daryl Williams from Kansas City put up two touchdowns this weekend, and he looked pretty damn good whenever he touched the ball. The amount of times uh, the broadcast called him Damian Williams, I wanted to smack my head against the wall. You can't necessarily blame him. It is so confusing <laughs> to have two guys named D. Williams in the same spot on the same team. Uh, just, just a complete and utter mess. Can we also just talk about the fantasy play of the week, too, even though it wasn't a score? Travis Kelsey throwback to LaShawn McCoy for absolute absurdness. I don't even know how that gets scored. Yeah, it was pretty neat, man. Mahomes throws it to Kelsey, but then he chucks it to LaShawn McCoy. So I'm guessing the yards from Mahomes to Kelsey count for Kelsey, and then the yards from Kelsey to Shady count for Shady? I guess so. I mean, they didn't ring anything up. Because it was a backwards pass, so it wasn't like a forward pass for Travis Kelsey. Yeah, I don't know how they how they go about scoring that. Either way, it was stupid cool. Yeah, it was NFL Street. Yeah, there we go, there we go. So uh, yeah, that'll just about do it for the guys that were watching on the waiver wire, or should I say, after the waiver wire uh, runs uh, today. So let's get into the matchups. Starts and sits of the week. We will start off in Seattle, where the Los Angeles Rams. We'll be taking on the Seattle Seahawks on Thursday night football. And Todd Gurley hates Thursday night football. Yes, he does. So who are you starting from the Rams? Uh, Todd Gurley. I'm starting just because you probably have to. Uh, and I'm starting all three wide receivers because you have to with the Rams. Are you starting Jer Uh, No. See, I am... I'm starting Jared Gerf, but the reason why I'm starting him is because I have Josh Allen, who is probably not playing. True. So I have to bite the bullet and start Jared Goff. Yeah, I don't like Jared Goff in this matchup. Yeah, but you know what? If he's going to throw the ball another 70 times this week, I'm fine with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he threw the ball 68 times in week four, dropped back 70 times. He took two sacks. It's absolutely he, stupid. Uh, he dropped back 70 times, threw for over 500 yards. He did have three interceptions, but we won't talk about that. <laughs> um, and then from the Seattle side of the ball, um, I, I'm, I'm guessing you're fine with starting Russell Wilson after James mm-hmm. Winston completely decimated these guys. I'm going to go ahead and say Tyler Lockett is definitely on the starting radar. Yeah. Um, I'm personally not starting DK Metcalf, but I know you kind of have a crush on him, so are you starting DK Metcalf? Nah. Oh, good. That is refreshing to hear you say. And then uh, I think Will Disley is an, is an automatic start at this point against the Rams. And then with Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, what are you doing with these two? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, def- I'm definitely starting Chris Carson. I mean, he finally had a game where he didn't fumble, and he looked pretty damn good this past week. So I'm personally firing Chris Carson up. It's just tough because, man, Aaron Donald is just so good. Oh, he's terrifying. He's terrifying, but Ronald Jones made the Rams look like they didn't know how to block a runner. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's Ronald Jones. He's not as good as Chris Carson. Rojo. You know what I mean? So, I'm, I'm starting Chris Carson. I'm not starting Rashad Penny, just because I have that confidence, Chris Carson, to the point where I don't really think Penny's going to see a lot of opportunity in this one. Plus, he's coming off of injury on a short week. Like, it's just... I, I don't like starting Rashad Penny on a good week, and I don't think this is a good week to start him. I'd say that's common sense if you uh, catch my drift. Ha-ha. <laughs> uh, ha ha because ha, he's Penny. Uh. Jets and Eagles, Mikey. 
From the Jets' side, I'm starting Le'Veon Bell, and I'm starting no one else. <laughs> yep, because <laughs> it does not look like uh, Sam Mononucleosis Darnold is playing. Thank God. Stay away from my team in my city. We do not need to get sick. Um, but everybody on the Eagles, I'm starting because the Jets stink. Yeah, I'm starting everyone there, too. Like we were saying earlier, Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders are both on the flex radar. Carson Wentz is a must-start. Alshon Jeffries a must-start. Uh, is Deshaun Jackson supposed to play this weekend? Uh, he's questionable as of right now. I don't have a solidified yes or no. I think he's trying to go, but it's something to monitor all week. Okay, so I'll say be careful with Deshaun Jackson, especially if he's not fully healthy. Um, he is a he is a big home run hitting speed guy, and if he's not fully healthy, there's always calls for concern there. And then I don't care who's benched and who's not. You couldn't pay me enough money to put Nelson Aguilar in my starting lineup. No. I know some people are, but uh, please don't do it. And then Zach Ertz is an obvious start, and even Dallas Goddard could be started if uh, you know. Let's say you have you were relying on T.J. Hawkinson as your tight end, and he's on a bye, or maybe one of your other tight ends is hurt. I think you could start. Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard with the savage Lambo leap on Thursday night. He's a freaking savage, bro. <laughs> uh, Battle of the Jungle Cats, Mikey Jaguars and Panthers. Uh, Gardner Minshew coming in to take on Kyle Allen. You know, I say this every week. I hate talking about the Panthers, man. <laughs> I really do. I mean, I could talk about Christian McCaffrey all day, but I hate That's about all that's Panthers. relevant anyway. I know. Um, like we were saying earlier, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, risky flex plays at the very best. I'm starting Christian McCaffrey in this one. And I'm starting Greg Olson because Greg Olson has actually looked pretty damn good recently. Uh, that's all I'm starting from the Panthers. And then on the Jaguars side, the only one I'm starting on the Jaguars side is Leonard Fournette because this Carolina defense, I mean, they're no joke, man. They should have Dante Jackson back this weekend, which is which is only a bigger boost. Uh, James Bradbury completely shut down DeAndre Hopkins this past weekend. And I, I don't want any part in that Jaguars offense unless it's Leonard Fournette for fantasy, if I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah, but we got that Minshew magic. There is Minshew magic. How do we feel about Kawan Short being placed on injured reserve? How does that affect the Panthers' defense? I just don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Um, I, I, it definitely affects them long term. They played without him this past Sunday, um, and they also played without Dante Jackson this past Sunday. So, with that being said, I think they're going to be just fine. Um, they're a team that has to win games with their defense until Cam Newton is healthy uh, and back on the field. And uh, maybe this is the Panthers fan in me, or maybe this is just me looking at it as they played pretty damn well this past weekend. Um, I have confidence in this defensive squad, and I don't think you can take them lightly. Shout out to my boy, who I ta have talked about on this podcast because it's really my only platform to do so. Millville High School graduate, former Temple running back, Ryquel Armstead scored his first NFL touchdown this weekend from the legend that is Gardner Minshew. So shout out to the homie right there uh, yeah, for getting awesome. his first NFL score. Yeah, hopefully he doesn't do that again this weekend. Cause, hey, I'd love you know, to see it. Panthers. Hey, I wouldn't. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh, moving on to the Vikings and the Giants. Oh, and uh, I don't know if I said this. I'm sure I did, but Christian McCaffrey is amazing. Play him. Um, <laughs> moving on to the Vikings and the Giants. I'm, I don't want to touch this game, man. Nope. Like, I love – I. Yo, can I just say I have heel turned on Adam Thielen. He is one of my favorite people in the world right now. 
He's he's calling out Kirk coupons. Yes, he is. And Stefan Diggs is taking Adam Thielen's side too, and that's pretty evident on social media. So yeah, but Stefan Diggs is one of the most overrated wide receivers in the NFL still. So well, I know how you think of him, but <laughs> I will say from a fantasy perspective, unless your name is Evan Ingram or Dalvin Cook. I'm not 100% comfortable with starting you this week. Yeah, there's no way. And Kirk Coupons, Mikey, all together now, he stinks. He does stink. Uh, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it at this point. He stinks. It's definitely not an offensive line issue. Dalvin Cook's looking pretty damn good. It was John Filippo last year, remember? They had to fire him to make the offense better, but uh, he's doing magic with Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville. And Gardner Minshew is... Uh... He's freaking awesome, but He's I don't want him to be awesome this weekend. But anyway, Vikings, Dalvin Cook, Giants, Evan Ingram. I know that Sterling Shepard has been pretty consistent, but Golden Tate's coming back, so we don't know how it's yeah. going to be done. And we also don't know how Daniel Jones is going to fare against this defense or how this offensive line is going to fare against this defense. Uh, notice we also didn't include Wayne Gallman's name in there. I'm not starting against Minnesota. If you want to chase the points from week four, be my guest, but I'm going to advise against it. Yeah, this is a stay away from everything game. Yeah, now the quite the opposite is going to be the Atlanta Falcons and the Houston Texans. I can't think of much that I'm staying away from in this game. Matt Ryan, you noodle-armed hooligan. If you do not put up points this week, I'm writing a <laughs> sternly worded letter to the Atlanta Falcons practice facility to get you back on track. Calvin Ridley, if you don't give Matt Ryan some sternly worded advice to get you the ball, I'm going to write a letter to you to then give to Matt Ryan to get you back on track. I'm tired of the nonsense. Get your shit together. I'm sick of it. Dirk Cutter, he, I thought, Mikey, I thought Steve Sarkeesian sucked. Dirk Cutter ain't cutting it. Mm-mm. And I'm tired of it. I'm tired of Linguini-armed Matt Ryan. He is not Remy from Ratatouille. He's not a chef. He's a quarterback. Get rid of the noodles and start throwing dimes. Now, as a fantasy football fan, I agree with you. As a Panthers fan, this <laughs> Well, as an Eagles fan, too, because they beat us, so I need them to lose as much as possible. But Exactly. But, uh, yeah, on the Falcon side of the ball, I'm, I'm starting Matt Ryan in this one. I can't bench Julio Jones. I don't care if he's playing him versus 11 people. You don't say Julio Jones. Um, now... I know we talked about this potentially being a game for Calvin Ridley. Are you giving Calvin Ridley one last shot, or are you benching him this week? I, as of right now, have him on my bench. Okay. Because I'm angry. I I would agree. I would probably stay away from him just until he gets things back on track. Now, my luck, I'll bench him and he'll score like 17 touchdowns, and probably because I'll I'll just I'll just run through a wall. That's just how fantasy works. And um, I'm definitely starting Austin Hooper. He's been awesome. And I think now Devonta Freeman is coming off of an 18-point game. It is a bit misleading because most of his points literally came from receptions. I'm not talking the reception yards. I'm talking about receptions. Um, but I am starting Devonta Freeman in this one. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I'm not comparing Christian McCaffrey and Devonta Freeman. They are completely different players. But McCaffrey just completely torched this Houston defense, and uh, I think Devonta Freeman is going to find some uh, fairly easy sledding in this one as well. Yeah, because uh, both of these defenses are atrocious, and uh, there's going to be points to be had. But knowing me, they won't go to any of my players. So best of luck to you. That means Will Fuller. That means Calvin Ridley. That means Matt Ryan. 
that's just my luck, and I'm sorry that my luck potentially get rubs on to you into this fantastic fantasy matchup. Yeah, for sure. Um, but definitely Watson, definitely Hopkins. I think you could start Will Fuller in this one, hoping that he finally does something. And uh, pretty interesting. Um, I'm, I can't imagine a scenario where anyone's starting Duke Johnson anymore. Um, what are you thinking about Carlos Hyde in this one, though? Uh, not a fan. Yeah, I'm not necessarily a fan either. But. Doesn't do much for the old uh, the old ivories. Does not tickle my ivories, to say the least. No, I don't think so. so. Moving on to an NFC South showdown. Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Um, on the Bucs side, I'm not starting O.J. Howard because I have no confidence in him. I'm definitely starting Godwin and Evans. I'm even starting Jameis Winston in this one. Yeah, this is a cue it up, cue the microwave up. This is a popcorn game. Now, what are you what are you doing with uh, either Peyton Barber or Ronald Jones in this one? Because uh, they've kind of been going back and forth. Absolutely nothing, because it's too much of a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde with both of them. And uh, we just saw what the Saints defense did to Ezekiel Elliott. So, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber aren't even close to Ezekiel Elliott. So, I don't trust either of them. Yeah, I, I don't trust either of them either. Um, and then on the same side of the ball, obviously Alvin Kamara, obviously Michael Thomas. You starting anyone else from there, though? Is there anybody else to even start? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, you and I both know, or everyone knows how we feel about Jared Cook, so. Traquan Smith is hurt. Like, there's nobody there. No, so moving on, we had the Buffalo Bills and Tennessee Titans. If you like defense, this is going to be the game that you want to watch. However, from a fantasy side... Unless you have Derrick Henry or Delaney Walker, I'm not starting anyone. I mean, Josh Allen's probably not going to be in this game, so I'm not starting any receiver from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Devin Singletary's probably going to be out again just because they have their bye week coming up, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him sit out. And I don't really feel comfortable starting Frank Gore. And then on the Tennessee side, I mean, sure, A.J. Brown just completely went off for two touchdowns and uh, however many yards he had, he had a pretty damn good day. But he did all of that on only three targets. Uh, there's just not enough volume going around for him. There's not enough consistency going on for Corey Davis. So, like I said, Derrick Henry, Delaney Walker, that's the only two players I'm playing from this entire game. Uh, I low-key kind of like Cole Beasley in this game. Because he's okay. essentially like their tight end because they don't really use a tight end. And he's like that underneath dink and dunk guy. And he put up 14.5 fantasy points against the Patriots. Yeah, I could see that one. He has a PPR magnet, so if you are desperate for a flex position start, I think he. I I I, I like your point there. I think he could be started based. Solely. He's very fantasy relevant right now. Oh, most definitely. Especially with a backup quarterback who can't get the ball down the field. No doubt. Moving on to the Arizona Cardinals and the Cincinnati Bengals. This is going to be probably a pretty heavy hitting game, if I had to guess. Uh, neither team neither team really has a defense, and though I think the Cardinals are finally going to win one, um, I I don't like this game if I'm a Cincinnati fan or if I'm an Arizona fan because someone's going to be upset at the end of the day. But I'm starting just about everyone that I have. Yeah, this game stinks. I'm not looking yeah. forward to it. Because it could either be a shootout or it could be just absolutely horrible, nobody scoring, and it's, somebody's going to kick a field goal at the end. 
Well, Christian Kirk is dealing with an injury. He might not play in week five, so that's definitely a situation to monitor. If he plays, you play him. If he doesn't, you don't. It's as simple as that. Larry Fitzgerald is a must-start in this game, and then David Johnson's a must-start in this game, and then even Kyler Murray, I think, is kind of a must-start this week against this defense. So um, pretty excited if I own any asset from Arizona's offense. And then from the Bengals, I'm definitely starting Tyler Boyd. Um, if you need a tight end streamer, you can start Tyler Eifert because of how abysmal the Arizona Cardinals have been against the tight end. Joe Mixon has to be started in this one just because this is one of those few games that he's going to have uh, a lot of potential in. And then I think if you're in need of a quarterback, you can even stream Andy Dalton because of how bad that defense is. Uh, I wouldn't advise it, but if you have to, sure. If, if, if you're someone who actively streams quarterbacks and you are starting a different quarterback every week, I think Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston are my top two. Uh, streamers for the week that you would be able to still find on waivers. Uh, I would prefer Jameis Winston, but he is a bit more owned than Andy Dalton, so if you have to settle for Dalton, I think he is. Uh, I think, personally, he's a good streamer this week. That's fair. Uh, moving on to a complete lopsided affair, the New England Snooze Patriots and Redskins. We'll make this easy. Start your Patriots, sit your Redskins. Uh, if you're in PPR and you need a desperation safe flex play, you can still play Chris Thompson because he is the definition of safety, but that's it. Yeah, this game is going to be horrendous. Yeah, so skipping over that one, moving on to the Ravens and the Steelers. Give me your take on this game. I'm playing everybody. I'm also playing everyone, except for Mark Ingram because I hate him. I'm playing Mark hey. Ingram because the Steelers' defense can be thrashed. Like, it it wasn't last night, but that's because the Bengals overall don't have a line. Right. You know, I I think you can play literally everybody in this game that is on offense. Yeah, I mean, I'll put put my hatred towards Mark Ingram to the side, and I'll say that he is worthy of a start this week. Definitely starting Marquise Brown. Are we picking up Deontay Johnson? Yeah, we're definitely picking up Deontay Johnson, and uh, I don't necessarily know if I'm starting him in this game because uh, the Baltimore's defense is not going to get shredded again like they did the past two weeks. I mean, two weeks ago they were against the Chiefs. This past week was, in my opinion, a fluke. But uh, I'm not starting him, but I'm definitely picking him up. Yeah, start everybody. Popcorn. Moving on to the Chicago Bears. The the Bears. Raiders. The Bears are going to be without Mitch Trubisky, which doesn't fare well for a single person on their team except for David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen. Dude, Chase Daniel is way better than <laughs> Mitch Trubisky. What are we talking about? He looked fantastic. Yeah. yeah, I don't know about all that. Trubisky sucks. Bear down. But, yeah, are you are you confidently starting a single Chicago Bears player this week? Um, I mean, the Raiders' defense is pretty bad. <laughs> They are. And, um, you know, like, I don't know. It's tough. It's a tough call. But that's, but that's the thing. Are you firing up anyone from the Chicago Bears side? with? Col- are you firing up a single player? Now, let's we'll take away Darren Waller because he's a must-start. Because he has been absolutely electric in, in PPR leagues. But you take away Darren Waller. Is there a single player in this entire matchup that you can start with confidence in any position? Um... I mean, based off of just analytics and how things have looked, 
Tyrell Williams has scored a touchdown in every single game this year. Um, but he's playing against the Bears defense, so like you have to take that into account. You have, uh, you know, a, a backup quarterback playing for the Bears now, so you have to take that into account when it comes to Allen Robinson and if Taylor Gabriel plays, if you know Trey Burton's on the field. If you're still playing Trey Burton, I don't know what you're doing. Um, you know, when it comes to the running backs for the Bears, you also have to take into account that there's a backup quarterback there. So, is Chase Daniel going to dink and dunk to Tariq Cullen? Are they going to hand it off more? To uh, David Montgomery, it, it's it's a weird situation for for the Bears right now. Yeah, so I think uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and say unless his name's Darren Waller, I can't start anyone from this game with confidence. Yeah, I mean, you know, you you take your risks where they where they lie. I mean, the the Raiders looked fantastic this past week against the Colts, who everybody was propping up as a a pretty good team, and you know they were able to figure them out and. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens this week because this is a true test for the Raiders and it's a true test for the Bears offense. Yeah, for sure. So we'll move on to a bit more of a fantasy relevant game. Like, uh, actually this really isn't incredibly fantasy relevant. Uh, the Denver Broncos and the Los Angeles Chargers, as we were saying earlier, Royce Freeman, Philip Lindsay, both safe flex options. I'm starting Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton in this one. Dude, Cortland uh, Sutton is a god amongst men. Yeah, yeah, I know you. I know you like Cortland Sutton. He a lot. is so good. Two tutties this week. Say less. He is. Can't, he is on fire right now. Can't complain about him. And then, uh, I know Joe Flacco is coming off of a big game, but I don't think anyone's actually considering starting him in week five. And then, if you're starting Joe he- Flacco, there's something severely wrong with your fantasy logic. Oh yeah, no doubt. And then Noah Fant. He scored a touchdown. Also, uh, Mikey, uh, before we before we continue with this one, reminder, it's a normal start time, but this Bears-Raiders game is in London. Is it really? Yes, it is pl- being played at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium in London, so you got to take in the travel and all that good stuff, so that makes me want to stay away from this game even more. You know, usually those games start at like 9 a.m. Eastern time. So. Yeah, it is a night London game, so. Wow, interesting. But 1 o'clock here. Yes, which is which is good for us. Uh, so. Actually, you know what? No, I wish it was early because then I would be able to wake up and immediately start watching football. That makes me want to stay away from uh, that game even more, though. Yeah, so just stay away. Uh, back to the Broncos. As I was saying, Noah Fant just got his first NFL career touchdown. Still not starting him. Nope. Don't trust him. I don't think anyone can. Then moving on to the Chargers side of the ball, I'm trusting Keenan Allen. I'm trusting Austin Eckler this week still. Um, but until reports come out saying that Melvin Gordon is the lead back again, that's that's all I'm trusting is, is going to be Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler. I don't know how long well, it's going to take before. The, the reports were that as soon as Melvin Gordon was ready to go, he's the guy. Right, but we don't know, we don't know if that's necessarily going to be this week. I would, I would play Melvin Gordon this week, especially since the Broncos lost one of their best defensive players in Bradley Chubb to an yeah, ACL injury. Um, so they're going to be, you know, decimated along along the line. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a 50-50, if not like a 60-40 in favor of Eckler, but Melvin Gordon's 40% is better than a lot of running backs in general. Yeah, that's true. That's always true. 
Um, so anything you want to add from that game, or do you think we covered it all? I think we got it all, because the Chargers are literally decimated by injury, and those are the only real guys that you can actually play due to that fact. So let me ask you this. If Mike Williams happens to be back for this game, are no. you starting Mike Williams, or are you still staying away from I'm him? I'm staying away, because he's not 100%. The Broncos have some pretty good corners still, depending if Chris Harris gets traded this week or not. Um, but I'm staying away. Yeah, I am too, and it's such a shame. He's been such a disappointment this season. Big time but, bummer. Uh, moving on to Green Bay and Dallas, this is this is one of those games where if if they've been fantasy relevant the past couple of weeks, I'm firing them up. Go Pack Go. Uh, Aaron Jones, MVS, Jimmy Graham, Geronimo Austin, Aaron Rodgers, CQ Elliott. Um, See, I, I don't play Geronimo in this game because the Cowboys, as much as I hate them, their secondary is very good. Okay, so you're thinking only MVS? MVS, Jimmy Graham, sure. Uh, Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers are the only guys I'd really even consider. And then from the Cowboys' side of the ball, um, Green Bay is getting decimated by running backs. Yep. Uh, so I think Ezekiel Elliott is in line for his typical big game. Uh, I am a little nervous for Dak Prescott after coming off of a pretty terrible I'm showing. not playing him in this one. Yeah, I'm avoiding Dak Prescott in this one. I'm also avoiding Amari Cooper in this one. I'm not avoiding Amari Cooper just because he is the wide receiver one here, and even if he only gets five or six looks from Dak Prescott, he's still going to find a way to do something. And I also just don't think many people are going to have the luxury of benching Amari Cooper. So I'm I'm playing him not because I want to, but because you kind of have to. If you can get away with not playing him, though, I would avoid him. That's all my Cowboys bias aside because, you know, even though Alshon wasn't 100%, we saw what he did Thursday night, scored a touchdown, sure, but only had 38 yards. So that's the number one receiving receiving option in that Eagles offense. And Carson Wentz, sure, didn't put up the numbers, but he was, he was you know, consistent and put up the amount that they needed. But this is going to be a very run-dominant game plan, in my opinion, for the Cowboys. So... I don't see a lot of production coming Amari Cooper's way. Yeah, for sure. I think he is a bit more of a touchdown-dependent kind of play this week. Chiefs and Colts. Thank God, a good night game because Monday nights stink. Yeah, Monday night game, I'm not looking forward to. I probably won't even watch it, um, to be completely honest with you. But the uh, the Colts and the Chiefs, if T.Y. Hilton plays, you can start. I mean, even if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play. You play everybody in this game. Yeah, um, with the exception of I'm nervous about Marlon Mack, and if especially if he if Marlon Mack doesn't play, Naheem Himes to me becomes a bit of an interesting, super risky flex play just because he is that pass catching running back, and they probably are going to be playing from behind from the very start of this game. But if Marlon Mack does play, I'm personally avoiding that entire backfield as a whole. Um, definitely starting Ty Hilton if he's there. I'm starting Jacoby Brissett. Uh, for the first time all season, I'm actually going to start Eric Ebron. I was going to say, I'm even. playing Eric Ebron. Yeah, I would even consider Jack Doyle if he plays. I don't so, think he's going to play. I don't think he's going to play either, but it's wishful thinking. Um, and then, uh, literally the just Chiefs, everybody. Yeah, and then from the Chiefs side of the ball, if they're on the field, you got to play them. Um, the only situation to monitor is which D. Williams is going to be on the field. If Damian Williams is healthy, you start him. Damian Williams isn't healthy, you start Daryl Williams, and that's really And the other situation to monitor is we saw Tyreek Hill out running routes last week. 
uh, in Detroit. He was getting monitored again this week, so he's on the mend, potentially coming back. So if he plays, you definitely got to play him. Oh, yeah, and if he's going to be in prime time like that on his game back, dude's got something to prove. So Yup. So Low-key, he has to earn his spot back. Yeah, he does, because that... I mean, Pat Mahomes has showed us that it doesn't matter if it's Demarcus Robinson or Nicole Hardman or Sammy Watkins. He can take anyone and make them ball out. So we'll have to see if Tariq Hill is actually an elite receiver or if he's just a product of Pat Mahomes. Browns and 49ers to round out the week. Who would have thought that the 49ers would be the final unbeaten team in the NFC? Eh, well, something tells me if they didn't have a bye in week four, they probably wouldn't be. <laughs> Uh, but I am intrigued by this game because 49ers defense has balled out to start this season and, uh, Tevin Coleman potentially coming back. I wouldn't play him because it, because they, just because they play on Monday night. So you don't know if it's a definite, but he's on the mend of being healthy, which is a positive sign for Tevin Coleman owners like myself. Uh, and we saw the Browns just absolutely go off on offense. So honestly, I'm playing everybody from the Browns. And if I own the 49ers defense, I'm still playing them because they have that potential to shut an offense down. Yeah, no doubt. In my uh, my dynasty league, I actually uh, I'm I'm rolling with the 49ers this upcoming week just because they have they have been dominant over their first three games, and uh, unless unless they're playing a team like the Chiefs, I'm not benching them. So and you're playing George Kittle, but are you playing here? I'll give you these names. You tell me starter sit: Debo Samuel, Matt Breida, uh, and Marquise Goodwin. Uh, sit, sit, sit. Fair enough. And then, um, yeah, my, my issue with this backfield is just you don't know what you're getting at any given time. It's literally and, the Patriots West. It's just it's just too scary for me. I mean, when Tevin Coleman comes back, it's a bit of a different story because he is the favorite guy back there. But even he kind of takes a hit with this injury because the other running backs showed that they're also competent and that this is just a really successful system. So I'm just – I am scared of this backfield as a whole, but I do agree with you. 49ers defense is definitely uh, a good play this week. George Kittle's obviously a must-start. And then uh, Baker Mayfield can be played in this one. OBJ can definitely be played in this one. Nick Chubb for sure. Yeah. Uh, nice little Bleacher Report article just dropped a little bit ago. It said, hopeless Bengals need to trade A.J. Green in the lost year. Uh, please do. Yeah, they uh they definitely do have to make a move, get something out of him if he's going to be healthy. But yeah, uh, as always, guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter at undergroundphi at goal underscore line underscore ffb, and uh, subscribe to us on the Apple Podcast. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Just search Underground Sports Philadelphia, and you can also follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. For sure. So make sure you go and do that. Subscribe everywhere you can. And uh, while you're at it, maybe go and order yourself a uh, trophy from trophysmack.com. You can find that link directly on our Twitter as well as the code, which is, again, GoalLine, G-O-A-L-L-I-N-E, to receive a free ring with the purchase of any championship trophy or belt. Uh, So definitely make sure to go over and check those out. I'm actually going to be ordering... A league trophy myself in the next few weeks and uh i am i am so excited to do that bingo bongo bingo 
Bongo. But as always, you know, for myself, for Kyle, for Underground Sports Philadelphia, and of course, for Goal Line Fantasy Football, thanks for tuning in this week, and we look forward to seeing you guys again next week. Deuces.